Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. One, two, three. It's a hard Knicks life. It is a hard Knicks life. A hard Knicks life. Oh, it's a hard Knicks life. It's a hard Knicks life. It is a hard Knicks life. A hard Knicks life. Oh, it's a hard Knicks life. What up, Knicks fans, and what? Is up, Barry. Motherfucking D. What is up, Craig? And good day to Jay, aka Blanderson Hoop. Good day to you as well, Craig. And we got two other guests joining us today, guys, in a little bit. This is an epic episode. Is it not, Barry? Uh, what can we compare it to? What's that Thor movie that just came out? Was that like a Love crossover uh, event? You don't want to yeah. compare it to Love and Thunder. That was a crappy movie. Okay. Not a good example. What do you mean? Batman what are we Superman? trying to compare it to right here? It's like a crossover. You bring epic? two worlds colliding. Two worlds together. Yeah. Joint forces. It's like if, like, you're a superhero guy, Jay. If yeah. It's like Superman and who got together? Batman. Or it's just like a Marvel they, and DC they, crossover. They, they fought each other, though, didn't they? It's like a it's Marvel Batman and DC versus. crossover. That's how epic this is. Wow. Who's Batman? What do you mean? Who's ben Batman? Affleck. Like, you know, who would be Batman in this? Hmm. Uh, I think we would be the bat. We would be Batman. Oh. They would definitely be Superman. They're more clean cut. Um, but we have more toys, like all the drops and shit. Yeah, oh. and also a little, sure. you know, darker, grittier. A little, yeah, a little grittier, a little darker. We're willing to go places that they're not willing to go. You know, Superman's more of a Boy Scout, and that's not Batman. You know, Batman's willing to get dirty. Mm, we are willing to get dirty, and we that's got the- dirty on their show. Not sure what they're going to keep in their show. I mean, it might come out perfectly clean, Barry. Uh, Yeah, it just might. All right, let's reveal who it is. We're going to be, we got together with Nick's Film School, Jonathan Macri, Andrew Claudio, the producer of that show. We got together with them to record a two-part crossover. Part one is airing on their feed, part two on ours. This is part two that you're going to hear in a few minutes once we get through our intros and everything. It was a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah, it was. It had been, I think, like three years. Right? Oh, oh, no, no. Macri came on ours maybe a year ago. Yeah, but the first uh, time we did this with them was, what was it? Macri and JB. Macri and JB. And you yep. and I. Yes. Obviously, Nick's Film School, they put out the newsletter, the podcast, really great stuff. Great guys. Some of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Do you yeah. remember the first time we met uh, some of them? I remember the first time we met uh, Jeremy Cohen, actually, who's not in this. So do I, because I think that's when we went to um, that guy John's apartment. What happened to the John? City? I don't know. I don't know. That was know. the most epic like meeting. It was when we were all kind of getting started in this. And Macri wasn't there, right? It was JB. No, Macri was there. Was it? No. I don't remember yes. Macri being there. He was there. He definitely was there. I know he was there. He's in that photo with all of us? Yeah, he's got to be because he was there. I remember on the rooftop, we were all talking. But was he a part Him, of Nick's JB. film school at that point or was he something else? I Yes, he had just joined Nick's film school 
Um, yeah, and I think he had just started doing the podcast, or he was doing it with JB at the time. Jeremy Cohen was not linked to Macri. Jeremy Cohen was doing his podcast with Andrew Claudio, funny enough, nothing but Nick's. But I remember seeing, because I was one of the first people to arrive, and there was, I think Macri was there and Cohen was there. Okay. And that might have been the first I time was that the they last met one, also. I think. But <laughs> Jeremy Cohen looked like a 16-year-old kid. Yeah. Just Still sitting yeah. up on the wall. <laughs> and I was like, aw, who, who invited this kid here? That's nice. <laughs> but John, who was known as Phil Jackson's brain on Twitter. Right. Invited like, out of nowhere, just invited a bunch of us to his ap- I like, think, penthouse apartment in New York City. I think Schwinny was, there? was there. Or no? No. Schwinny no. Poo. Schwinny Poo. Schwinny Poo was there. Um, the, the original guy who did Locked On, Alex Wolf was there, but then that other guy. Yes. I don't remember his name, honestly. Uh, but he did Locked On before Alex Wolf, I think. But there was a bunch of us there. It was pretty, it was, it was really cool. Uh, it's weird being in some guy's apartment that none of us knew. Right. He supplied us with a ton of alcohol. Hmm. Um, you didn't, Barry, you didn't think it was weird? Uh, yes, from afar. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if you told like a stranger on the street about what happened, or if you told, you know, your cousin what happened, yeah, they would have thought it was absolutely nuts. But that yeah. was the first time we met this like group of guys. And then, you know, we've done some meetups since then. We've all kept in touch. Great relationship, great group of guys. Love Macri, love Claudio. So you're going to hear these two parts. Second part, like I said, is on here. We did a bit that you you thought of, Barry. Want to tell everyone what it was just so they know what's going on later? So we each came up with a question, which basically the point of the question is you would be most surprised by blank happening and we would present three choices um to choose from uh and we just you know went around and 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 did our thing all right before we get to all that remember if you like our show if you listen to us you can support us one way one way only and it is by leaving us some ratings and reviews wherever you listen to the show and there's another way to make us feel good we love getting them every week you can call us that's right. 516-33-MESH-1. You want to piggyback on something that we're saying or you got a question or comment, that number is always open for you to leave a voicemail. Yep. And don't forget, please, please subscribe to the one podcast that needs to pay its respects right now. This is devastatingly sad news for our it's a hard next life family. Our country across the pond, right? The queen. Is You're not, not talking the about the queen? No, even though we should probably pay respects to the queen. This is bigger than the queen. Bigger than the queen. Blandy, play voicemail number one. Hey, fellas, it's DB. First off, very glad to have you back. I'm glad that Craig survived his fast and furious moment. Uh, speaking of surviving, uh, my shithead dog is, in fact, dead. I called it, Barry. Deader than the Donovan Mitchell deal. Uh, he's been put out to pasture like Pablo Prigioni. Um, so maybe you can play a lone bugle for all the dead shithead dogs out there. Wow. But I got a new dog, and you can hear her. Uh, it's a girl, which means that she's a raging bitch. That was it. I told you that bitch crazy. That that dog's already shaping up to be another asshole. The fucking 
barking nonstop. That's got to be a really tiny, just yappy dog. <laughs> I told Barry before that's what it was. I, I said, I bet you DB's dog died. I yeah, heard. You told I know. Somebody in the, oh, that's in right. You family. heard. Yeah. We, uh, we, we, we were talking about it at the start of the, the part one with Nick's Film School where Macri wasn't on. It was us with Claudio waiting for the king to get on. <laughs> you know, we all got 9.15. We all got to be there. I did jump through so many hoops to get there at 9.15. Did not want to disrespect Nick's Film School. And then, yeah, I mean, you got to wait for the big stars, you know? So we had to wait wait a little for Macri. So we were talking about, I teased that somebody died in our uh, Hard Nick's Life family. And Claudio was instantly like, oh boy. This is going to be a dark one. <laughs> yeah, well, that was how we got started. And then Macri didn't know what we were talking about. I went to go use the bathroom or something. And I could hear Blandy and Barry get, taking guesses. Yeah, All right, guys. Yeah, so if you were going to bet on it, it sounds like Blandy would have won. Speaking of betting, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events. <laughs> Jackpot. With first to market odds and lines. <laughs> Keep it coming, man. It's the only good part about this right now. Find reviews and news for every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports info from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join and get your first sports bet. Use promo code BLEAV50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Alright guys, so without further ado, we're going to get started here. Part 2 of our crossover with Nick's Film School. All right, Nick's fans, here we are with Jonathan Macri, Nick's Film School. He's joining us here for, this is part two of our I'd be most surprised if bit. Um, we also have Nick's Film School's esteemed producer, Andrew Claudio. What's up, Claudio? Say hi to you first, because you're the, you're the real star here. The real star. Wow. Yeah. That's not true, but thank you. I'll take it. Oh, uh, oh wait. No offense. No offense, Macri. We will get to you in a minute. Producer but to producer. I, it's, you you understand the, the workload. The so. man behind the scenes that put yeah. it, puts in all that time deserves deserves the credit, you know? Well, I appreciate that. And as somebody who admires your work as a producer as well, I, I also give you the credit for the I'll, success that is A Hard Nick's Life. Oh, thanks. I was about to do this whole thing where I was like, and now I want to bring in our producer. That's, that's <laughs> introduce him, and it's fucking me. All right. And I Macri, what's going on here? How you doing? I'm well. Craig, how well. are you? <laughs> we just finished up part one of this amazing bit. If you want to hear part one, go to Nick's Film School YouTube channel and anywhere you get your podcasts, right? If you're not listening to Nick's Film School, I, I don't know what rock you're living under, all right? Probably a rock outside of New York would be my guess. <laughs> we all have right, had some so, of the butt. Oh, here we go. I forgot about Blandy's drops. Can you repeat that, Blandy? We have oh, had facts. some of the butt. What was that, Barry? We have had some of the butt. Yeah, you know what? That would go really, really well with like... Um, Do you want my pants off or on? Yeah, that would go well with that one. <sighs> That's a good one. Um, People ask you if you want it in the butt. See, there we go. It goes, it goes really well with that one wow. too. Look at that. I, Do you see, it's funny. you see the difference here in podcasts? <laughs> 
right I now. forget the. I completely forget <laughs> the context of which I said <laughs> the thing about the butt. I remember it. You do? Yeah. It was so. You and Jeremy were. You and Jeremy were talking. That narrows it down. Um, he asked if you could talk about Bradley Beal. You said yes, sure, that's what it was. and then he was like, "We've heard a bunch of scuttlebutt lately," and you were like, "We have had some of the butt." Oh, well, that made sense. Yes, Aaron so Judge hit home run number sixty. By the way, that's good for him. Oh, oh yeah, it's just I got the game on. Yeah, yeah, check that out. Sorry, Darrell. Well, Sorry, Darrell. This, right, so this is this no. is your actual Knicks film school crossover. <laughs> Me derailing. A Knicks yeah, conversation with baseball. No. Because of what a- we did to what we did to you in the fir- in the first part oh. on your show. If you missed it, go tune in to part one <laughs> to find out how part one was derailed. I stand by part one's intro being good. Good. I, I will stay on my island. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna start with Macri because you're our guest. Why don't you start us off with I'd be surprised most if. So my question is gonna relate to a player that I have a reputation for for being a hater of, even though I am not at all. Very big fan of this player. Very, very lots of high hopes for this player. Um, it's gonna be R.J. Barrett. An R.J. Barrett related question. So I would be most surprised if, and I'm borrowing this from something I think I said on the pod recently. Maybe it was in a newsletter. I forget, but because I think there needs to be some improvement areas for him this season. So. Here it goes. I would be most surprised if R.J. Barrett was a league average finisher for his position at the rim. If R.J. Barrett tripled his number of pull-up threes. Or I would be most surprised if R.J. Barrett averaged. I'm going to up the number from last time I talked to, about this. If uh, R.J. Barrett averaged five assists per game. Getting into the nitty gritty here. And I could give you... If you want the uh, the specifics on those, so last year RJ hit twenty three pull up three pointers. So I'm basically asking for him to do to hit about a little less than a pull up three per game, a little bit less than Evan Fournier hit last year, uh, and a, a good deal less than Emmanuel quickly. And to be a league average finisher at the rim, he would need to make. We'll go by last year's league average for wings. He would need to make sixty three percent of his shots. At the rim, he last year made, uh, I want to say, yes, 55%. All right. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll start if you guys don't mind. So that, that's a really good question, by the way. Um, well, thank you, Barry. Because I, I think he is due to get better at finishing at the rim because he's been driving to the rim his entire career. And we're going into year four. So I think he's learning. I think he's doing what he's got to do. And I think... He's getting stronger and smarter, so I think that will improve. Um, and that is not my answer. Um, he's spoken multiple times this offseason about how one of the biggest things he's working on is pulling up off the dribble. Uh, and I, so I think those numbers are going to go up as well. My answer, um, as far as what I'd be most surprised with, is five assists a game. I don't think that's happening. He has not come anywhere close to that. He's, I think, averaging three assists yep. a game for his career. Um, and now, you know, with Brunson next to him, who's not a big assist getter either, but he also hasn't been a lead point guard. Um, yeah. So his assist number should Important go. caveat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would be extremely surprised if RJ averages five assists a game. I just don't see that happening. I'd be so shocked, even though 
RJ is my favorite Nick, and I, I want to see him improve in this area. <laughs> but I can't believe that he's going to finish with the, at the league average for at the rim because he is so bad in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, to, to, so just to give you an idea of where 55% at the rim in, that put, or put, him, that put him at the 15th percentile amongst wings which is the lowest percentile for anyone who played at least 2,000 minutes. The only players who played more than 1,000 minutes and finished with a lower percent, wings I'm talking about specifically, finished with a lower percentile of makes at the at the rim where Luke Kennard made 54% of his shots at the rim. Norm, Norm Powell made 52% of his shots at the rim. And then Landry Shamit, who was classified as a wing in cleaning the glass, made a robust 50% of his shots at the rim. Isn't that sad? It is a bit sad. But, like, doesn't it seem like, I know that the, the, that's the bottom of the barrel for those numbers, but it's, if, like, if I, if I had to guess, it seems like RJ hits, like, one of four shots at the rim, you know? <laughs> it's, we joke around all the time about how he lumbers down the, down the lane and how bad he is and always sort of he always misses so and what makes it worse what makes it worse is his free throw percentage you know like if he's not going to finish at the rim but he's going to get a call and then he can't hit those free throws it just so, makes it that much worse i didn't include a free throw multiple choice answer because he's at uh inclu- every interview he's done so i guess two the one to Madame <laughs> that and then to Nick's fan tv shout out to Nick's fan tv uh he made sure to say he's been working on his free throws and he's going to make more free throws next year. So I actually think the free throw thing is going to go up. Uh, Blandy, do you have an answer for this? Because we have two different I, answers so far. I'm I'm going to go with Barry with the assists. Wow. I, truthfully, I don't really think... like I, I, I don't see him taking that many more pull-up threes. I don't necessarily see him finishing better. But, but I like Macri said, that's one, it's like less than one a game still. Like I, I think the, the assists per game is just too too difficult when you consider Randall and then adding Brunson to the mix. I just don't, I don't see Barrett as that kind of a ball handler. And with the other two guys, no way, there's no way he gets, he gets even close to that. He's shown that he can pass and he's a good passer, a really good passer. Actually, it's just the frequency at which it happens. You know, I, I don't see it. I don't see the offense running through. Like I see the ball ending up in his hands for him to score, I don't necessarily see the offense running through him as his, as a distributor. Yeah, and in defense of that guy, that your guy's answer on that, every year he's right around two and a half to three assists. He has yeah, and again, he's, if, if he's he was like in a different, yeah. if he was in a differently run offense, maybe that's something too, where guys are constantly moving around and guys are all of a sudden you know popping wide open and he dishes it off to them. But I mean, this offense is so stagnant, I, and and I, I, wish- and I don't know if the addition of Jalen Brunson is going to change that. Well, I'll say this: a couple things. For starting, I, 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 the date we always go with on this stuff is January first. I'm pretty sure that's the date for this too. From January first or December thirty first. December thirty first. Yeah, December thirty first. That's it. Thank you. Um, I think he averaged three and a half or three point six. One of those three point five or three point six assists a game. And there was another stat that I someone pointed me to on Twitter a few months or a month or so ago about how he like. The average shooter coming like shooting shots off of passes from RJ was like much much worse than league average. And the numbers, if you look at 
passes he makes to shooters, like by by and large, except for Fournier, nobody hit anything off of passes from RJ. So like I made it five and not four and a half. I think maybe four and a half would make would have made it a little bit more difficult, but I agree, five is a lot. A jump of eight percent at the rim seems a lot from fifty five to sixty three percent at the rim. That seems like a big jump. And yet I'm going with the pull up threes. The notion that he's going to triple his pull up three point makes from twenty three to sixty nine, I just I, I don't I would be shocked. It is I don't a big see number. it's a big number. It's like it's like sixty nine pull up threes doesn't sound like a ton, but that would put him into a very, very different stratosphere. Um, I'll say this: of the three, it's the one I would want the most from him by far. Because if he, if that dude hit sixty nine pull up threes next year, I'm not even sure I, I care that much about what percentage he made them at. Um, that would be big. So, so I, you, I'll, you I'll don't that. think that he'll be sixty nine is not going to happen happen for him. He won't be sixty nining or nothing like that. We just want to make sure. It's not just when you come; like it's it's how hard you come. We are now officially right. out yeah. of Nick's film school land. No. I love it. <laughs> You're in this dirty, dirty world, Macri. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, it's I don't know what why the why why the visual that I just got was like remember the Super Mario Brothers movie where they went into like the the pipes. <laughs> no. You ever saw that movie? Is that John Leguizamo? I know that there was yeah, a Super Mario Brothers movie. What they do it. in the pipes? I don't know, but it was very like dark and dingy. It was very, it was very seedy. Um, they had a Yoshi dinosaur down there, I think. Um, yeah, it wasn't a very good movie, but you should watch it for for unintentional comedy. But Macri is so PG that when you mention sixty nine, his mind Super goes Mario. to a Mario Super video Mario game. <laughs> that movie, I think, was rated PG thirteen. I'm gonna look that up. I think that was a PG thirteen movie. It should have been if it wasn't. That was a, that was. A, some adult content in there. Um, is Andrew answering this question? No. No? Okay, never mind. No, he's shaking his head no. So. Andrew doesn't want to have his voice recorded on this episode after that. I completely, I gotta be totally honest, I completely forgot the question, but... Don't worry about it. Yeah. He I is, think he's RJ's a pastor's gonna have son. A, yes. Pa- pastor Claudio says hello. And also, um, I'll, I'll say that RJ has a better season than last year. That's... Good answer. Extent of my, I'd be surprised if he doesn't do that. Okay. Um, who's right, next? Barry, I, Barry. I think Barry. I think we should go to Barry now. Okay. This actually ties in, and it's there's an aspect to this that's very close to what we were talking about. And it's funny you mentioned four and a half should be the number because it's the number I have him at um, as far as assists regarding RJ. So uh, we we talked about the Knicks. Well, I don't know if we talked about it, but the Knicks obviously have more scoring options now. And guys are going to have to share the ball a little bit more. Um, but as far as assists go, it may increase for some guys and it might decrease for some guys. Like Jalen Brunson, we talked about he was never really a lead guard before. So for him, it makes sense he'll go up. But for a guy like Randall, who won't be expected to play make as much, his assists will probably go down. So with regard to assists per game this oh, season, fuck. which would surprise you the most? R.J. Barrett averaging over 4.5 assists per game. Jalen Brunson averaging more than 7.5 assists per game Ooh. or Julius Randle averaging more than five assists per game. Which would and if you need a little reference, we already talked about, you know, yeah. uh, Barrett's career average is three. Brunson's career average up to this point has been 3.7. But again, different role. Uh, and Randle, the last two years, you know, on the Knicks was like between five and six. 
I'll, no, I wouldn't gonna, shock me at all if if uh, if Brunson's over seven and a half. I, yeah, um, I, I, I'm. I'm not. This is not uh, Brunson. I don't want to answer. Give my answer yet, but I do want to add some some context to this because I did the the went back and looked at the game logs and did the math on this in yeah. games that uh, Doncic sat last season. I believe Brunson's average for assists in those games was seven. Yeah, um, that was. I mean, the hardest number for me to to put on Brunson. You know, again, this new environment, new team, the whole the whole thing. Man, I, this is that's a good. I like where you set the numbers. You set the numbers. I think at the right at the, the, right the one that would surprise me the least actually is Randall at five. That would surprise me the least because. Again, you want to talk about even last season when he was very, very bad. Didn't he average? He averaged over five last season, I believe. Yeah. If he wasn't at five, yeah. he was very close. I think he close. was at five. I think he was at five. Yeah, and like in so ba- that's a the, the that part of the question is basically like, do you think Randall will have a far different role in this offense? And I'm not sure. I see that. So for me, it's down to Brunson and RJ. Hmm. Seven and a half is. I'm just looking up how many guys average. How many guys do you think averaged seven and a half assists a game last year in the league? I would say maybe seven or eight. You think? Uh, seven and a half. There were ten, including Kyle Lowry, averaged seven and a half assists on the number. And then above him, here are the guys that averaged more than seven and a half: Lamelo Ball, uh, Jokic, Halliburton, Garland, Doncic, Dejounte Murray, Trey Young, James Harden, Chris Paul. It's a tall company. ask. <laughs> yeah. Whew. I got. I got. I'm gonna go Brunson. That would surprise me though. I can't believe I'm saying that. I'm gonna. But I'm gonna go Brunson. I think I could see him getting six, six and a half on this team with Barrett and and Randall. That's the other thing. And you even, need a lot of these guys to be efficient for him. And like even like you could see him playing minutes with Rose and with quickly, in which he's playing. More off the like when Luca was out last season for Dallas, like who were Dallas's other playmakers besides Brunson? Like he was relied upon to do a lot of heavy lifting. I don't unless there's again injuries. I don't foresee that being the case this year. But that mm, that's a good question. Yeah, I guess that's what it comes down to. Right? Is he going to be more facilitating, or he's going to take the lead offensively because there isn't anyone else that is that great themselves? Right? I think it's a tough choice between between RJ and him. I think I just want Jalen to get those numbers so bad where I want to believe that he can get seven and a half or eight, even though it might be more unlikely. So, I mean, he's probably an all-star if he gets seven and a half assists because he's going to score. I'm going to say uh, RJ with the four and a half. I, I just don't. Why do you I, hate I, RJ Barrett? I, I don't see that happening. I just, just like an I extra said, assist my... and a half. Come on. <laughs> that that that's a lot. I I don't I don't see that. I mean, I don't necessarily think that Brunson's going to hit seven and a half either. I just don't see with the addition of Brunson, I don't see Barrett getting that many. Right, but you're right. You were mentioning him just before about yeah, how you, know, you I, seem I just, he's probably going to finish more and not not give the ball back up. That's a good question. You got a question, Blanderson? I do. Um, oh yeah, one, this has to be. Oh, By Jesus the way, if, if anybody didn't catch part one, <sighs> would you, oh wait, I've got one more question. Just a would reminder: you, be... you can get that at Nick's Film School, and you want to hear yeah. Blandy's first question. Shut your mouth, funny guy. Would you be more surprised if Blanderson asks a good question here, oh, God. <laughs> or if Macri's uh, microphone uh... goes out? Listen, look, no respect, no respect at all. You. <laughs> I love these drops. Just... All right, uh, let's hear it. Here we go. 
All right, so this is a this is a a, a Randall one, um, and you know obviously we're we're all questioning how much of uh, the offense is going to run through him and stuff now. So I'd be most surprised if Julius Randall led the Knicks in usage rating again this year, shot above thirty five percent from three, or played fewer than thirty five minutes per game. Okay. This isn't Suck that on bad, that, Barry. right? That's, that's not that bad. No, Suck this is on not that. that bad. Okay, because because there's two ways that you know your surprise questions can go. It's like the oh, ones geez. that are like really hard to reach, or the ones that like any of these are actually possible. It's a good question. I think there's an obvious yeah. answer here. Who led the Knicks in usage rating last year? Oh, it had to have been Randall. Randall. Yeah, it was Randall. He, and the and the crazy, tw- he tw- twenty eight point seven. Yeah, and even even this is what I think a lot of people don't realize. Even if you go from that December thirty first date onwards for for the for just the Knicks as a whole, I think RJ was like a percentage point or two above Randall from that date forward. But Randall's usage was still massive, even after RJ took on a, a bigger a bigger role. I I want to talk this out loud for a second. I, it would not surprise me in the least if he played under thirty five minutes a game. That would not be surprising to me. So really, it comes down to: would it be more surprising if he shot above thirty-five percent, or if he led the team in usage? See, those two wouldn't be surprising to me either, uh, especially the thirty-five percent. I mean, I know he's only done that once before, and that was that forty percent season. Um, but I mean, he was close last year. I think he was at thirty-four percent last year. I gotta no, tell you, I'd be, at, I'd be, he's at thirty-one percent last year. I'd be surprised if he led the team in usage. I. I uh, with, I mean, oh man. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at uh, uh, RJ. But oh, now yeah, that I say that slash. out loud, Brunson, because here's the thing about usage rates. So we should clarify for any of your listeners who may not know: if you get an assist, does not go towards usage. You could lead the league. That's why Chris Paul, his usage rates year are are usually under twenty. They're not high, even though he like leads the league in assists because you don't get it for that. Um, you you it's shots and I think just shots and turnovers and like possessions that end in free throws. So like even Brunson being man, hmm. These are none of these are that crazy, right? But that I mean for me that's what makes the it's a, that's what makes it a good question. It's a it question. is a good question. I'm gonna go with the th- three point percentage. It would surprise me the most if I can't believe I'm saying that. It would surprise me the most if he shoots above thirty five percent from three, because that would mean thirty six or high, at least is 36. that is that league average now. Thirty-five uh, percent. I'll I'll look it up right now, but I league average is usually around thirty-five or thirty-six. But I will look it up right now. And that would surprise you the most if he fucking shoots league average. Only because I it, <laughs> at talking it out. Only because talking it out, the him leading the league and or leading the team in usage. It bothers you, but is it realistic? That but that's the thing is it's like I could see Brunson. Like I, I Brunson's going to get a lot of shots, but I also think he's going to. There's going to be a lot of possessions where he has the ball, but he's passing the ball to somebody else who shoots. It would not surprise me if Randall had a higher usage than Brunson, and then it just comes down to Randall or RJ. And like, would it shock me if Randall had a higher usage than RJ? Not really. Um, yeah, and he, he averaged he averaged, th- he averaged 35 minutes a game last year, 37.6 in his you know in his monster year. So league average for league average three point shooting um for a while now. Wow, this is funny. It's kind of stayed in like a very specific zone for the last like 
15 or so years, it's been between 35.5% and 36.5%. Last year it was 35.4%. i am going to go – I, I got to go with the usage. It would surprise me most if he leads the team in usage because it would surprise me a lot more than – him, you know, shooting thirty five percent from three, or um, you know, averaging less than thirty five minutes. I mean, th- those are, those are things that kind of need to happen. I'd actually be surprised if he averaged more than thirty five. That's me. For me, it's um, with Macri. It's the thirty five percent from three. He's only done it once in his career. Um, he shot that forty one percent two years ago. That a magical year two years ago. <laughs> Every other year, he's been below that thirty, twenty seven, twenty two, twenty seven. So. Listen, I mean, it's, it might be league average, but it's not his average. So I'm going <laughs> right. with 35. percent Good point. That's a, I, I think that might be the best. Good job, Blaine. Wow. You, you started off slow, but you came back I, with listen. A vengeance. I surprised everybody. Maybe Randall will do the same. But I would love nothing more than for Randall to prove us all wrong. Would you not, Macri? Oh, I, I. I, well, I think there are downsides that can come with him playing very well this year. I am rooting. I'm not going. I'll never root against anyone wearing right. a Nick uniform. I don't. I don't get. I'm sure there are some fans who do that. I will not ever be one of them. I will root against him taking like 20 plus shots a game. I don't want to see right. that. But uh, I won't root against him making shots for sure. See, my my question here was Julius. I don't know if I should repeat oh. do this one. But it's do you different. have another? Ba- do you have a backup question? got some backups of course you were told to have backup questions all right here we go this is obi one of my favorite knicks i'm so mm. glad he's still on this team. yeah we, and we didn't really talk about obi too much uh talk a little bit talk episodes. a little obi because he's almost gone right <laughs> come on almost fucking gone <laughs> would have been devastating to me would it really right, have oh, been devastating to you yeah i think he would be the hardest nick for me to let go of for some really weird reason yeah over <laughs> over grimes and quickly I'm not saying it makes sense, but I think we all get attached to weird Knicks at some point. Right. And Obi's my weird Nick. I almost bought a jersey of his last year. I think quickly would have been the toughest for me on a personal level to lose. Quickly, I agree, is also tough. Yeah. Those two are tough. All right. I'd be most surprised if Obi Toppin, A, averages 25 plus minutes per game, (sighs) B, at some point joins Julius Randle in the starting lineup. C, <laughs> is traded during the season as part of a package for a star player. Or D, reveals he's actually terrible once he gets increased playing time. Just going to throw this oh, out there. Yeah, this yeah. is a tremendous question. It's a great question. <laughs> a you had to, throw, you question. had to throw option D in there. Yeah. Can I ask a clarifying this is, question? This is not easy. Can I ask a clarifying question? Yeah, I'll try to answer that. If, yeah. if he starts one game, that's... That's sufficient? With Julius? Yes. No. Um, I don't know. Claudio's shaking his head no, so now I feel pressured into saying no. Well, I, um, okay. Then, so minimum of how many? <laughs> minimum so of I think it does make sense that it, it, it has, it's got to be a few games. I mean, it joins the starting lineup, I don't think can be for one game. Then allow me to posit that I think that it, then it changes to being not a great question because that is... The notion that he would start on a as a like that's the lineup decision that they would make affirmatively to start Obi Toppin. That's a, that, that that what in what world would that ever happen? They fire Tibbs and like get a, a modern uh, coach that wants to play them together. 
And what are you going to do with the $25 million worth of center that you invested in this summer? Well, one of them was probably already out for the year, so you're settled there. And then you have I Hartenstein back it up. They wouldn't just elevate the guy who's healthy to the starting lineup and then have Your OBP point the- is fair. Yeah, so let's go back to <laughs> one game that they one start game. Together. I think it, that that at least makes it interesting. Like both centers happen to be out, and like instead of Sims starting, they decide to start Obi. I but think that I makes it more. To, but I really didn't want it to be because of injuries. More of a more of a choice. Whether well, that's but, to go smaller, I, I've seen some crazy tweets where I, people are saying Julius. Is slim down, could play the three, maybe. I mean, look, Laurie Markinen was a starting three last year. Um, Bobby Portis, at times, was a starting three last year. To me, though, that's the obvious then. If it's if it's like they, they have made a move and it's like Obi Toppin is now starting at either the three or the five, or Randall's starting at the five and Obi started, like, that's easy, easy answer for me of those four. All right, Blandy? I mean, listen, I... <laughs> I don't see him playing 25 minutes a game. I just, I, I don't see, you know, we talked, I think it was last week or the week before I read that article. Fred Katz had an article on the, on the athletic where he, he didn't really, he was talking about how many minutes there were to go around and, and based on the way the rotation is set up. I mean, there, there, there's no way there's 25 minutes a game for him. There's just, there's no way you need to have like a major injury. I think to, to Randall, for that to happen. I also don't see them starting together though. This is this is tough, Craig. I'm going to go with the minutes per game. I don't I, I there's no way. There would have to be a catastrophic injury to Randall. He'd be out for the whole year. It's the only way it's going to happen. But or if they trade Randall, I guess. I just quick counterpoint to that. If let's say Randall misses 3 weeks with an injury, and during those three weeks, Obi Toppin averages, you know, whatever, thirty-eight minutes a game. If you if you take those thirty-eight minutes a game over those three weeks and you balance and you it out, it out, and then you average it out, if Obi's getting, let's say Julius is getting thirty a night normally, and Obi gets twenty-two a night normally, your lips to God's ears, <laughs> because they're playing together for two minutes a half, which I don't think is insane as much as Andrew will continue this to make fun of me. Math is already killing my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm saying like th- 38 minutes a game or something like that over the course of three or four weeks could balance out 22 normally to get you above 25. I don't. That's why I don't think that that's a crazy one. Yeah, I, I would have see if you're done with your points, Blandy. I I gotta go with the starting lineup one only because I don't think Thibodeau wants to put a lineup like that out there. I think he likes having a seven foot guy you know, in the back of the paint to be there to rim protect, you know, and as much as we want to envision Obi just, you know, soaring through the air and being this great rim protector, it's not something that he's proven. And I don't think Thibodeau is going to give him the chance to prove it. And I don't know if I would do that either. You know, when you got Mitchell Robinson and Hartenstein out there as your centers. And again, to to be the, the anchor of that defense uh, is why I'd have to go. That would surprise me the most. You think it's Obi's more likely... That he's terrible? Come on. I no. I think the terrible uh, one I is... I mean, yeah, yeah. I think that's more... That, that yeah, is more likely, <laughs> unfortunately. The terrible as one As great would as he be was my, at the end of last season. Yeah, I think the terrible one would be my second... If the starting cho- the start choice wasn't a choice, um, and if we go to the... He just starts one game with Randall, I would choose 
him being terrible is the thing that would shock me the most. I don't think I really don't think that's going to happen because I I don't see the way he plays and the way they use him. I almost have a hard time seeing how he would reveal himself to be terrible because it's not like they're going to try to turn him into Randall with like high usage and like ba- like I could see if they tried to like post him up on the block, uh, you know, 10 times a game and he just couldn't do it, but they're not going to do that. So, right. Like he's not, he's terrible is a very strong word, right? He's, he plays in the flow of the offense. He's not demanding the ball. They're not setting up plays for him. He's chances of him being terrible in that role. He kind of just takes what's given to him. Right. Yeah. And even if his three point shooting fell back off from where it was at the tail end of last season, like, does that, would that make him terrible? I don't think that would make him terrible. It'd be unfortunate, but. All right. I think that should basically wrap it up. Macri, Claudio, this was great. Pleasure's all mine. Yeah. If anybody missed the beginning, uh, go check out part one. You don't have to listen to these in order. It makes no fucking difference. Claudio, thanks for producing this show. I've never had this before. You're welcome. I, Just let me know when the edit's done, all right? You will get an email in the morning. All of this is... You oh, can I mean, cut all the of edit, this. The edit of our show. Oh, I'm editing both <laughs> shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Macri, you're excited about that. <laughs> Sounds like you just had some of the butt. <laughs> we have had some of the butt. Macri, anything Jeez. you want to plug? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, uh, anything I want to plug. Speaking of some of the butt. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> they do it. Oh. It was sitting right there. Hey, now. <laughs> Teed that one up like Judge's 60th. Mm. Uh, no, uh, anything I want to plug. Yeah, just uh, anybody listening to this who, who uh, wants more Nick's content in their lives, come check out Nick's Film School podcast and, and the YouTube channel. And um, yeah. There you go. That's it. All right, guys. Thanks. Thanks for thanks for having us on your show, and thanks for being on ours. It was awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. 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 All right, guys. That was fun. That's like more Nick's talk than we've ever had in an episode. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, uh, a little bit more than last week. By the way, I I should mention this because we we got to talk about some other stuff than the Knicks. My brother-in-law. Total agreement with me on washing faces. Speaking of which, Jay had the line of the of the night last week uh, when you were talking about how you don't wash your face, and we were like, "Really?" And and Craig's like, "How do you think I maintain this?" And Jay's like, "What? Maintain a dirty face?" <laughs> Thanks, Barry. I don't have a fucking dirty face, Barry. Uh, I mean. I think if it took a microscope to it, we'd yeah. probably find some shit in there. And not literally shit. Although you never know because you don't clean your ass either. Oh, God. And now, and I have you to thank for this. Whenever I'm in the shower now cleaning my asshole, I think of you. So thanks for that. Me? Me? Yeah. And how you don't clean up inside your asshole. So now I have that thought while I am hold on, hold on, taking hold care on. of business down there. Because you said you actually get all the way in your asshole. Jay, do you mm-hmm. do that? Am I- what do you what do you mean? I mean literally getting I mean, inside the hole. I don't go hole. knuckle deep. I don't mean that. Then but you, I mean but I you get, go inside I, the hole. I get it's not just in the below crack. the rim. Yeah. Yeah, no, yes, I do that. What do you mean? No. You you put you go you in you insert in. I don't just well, no, I I don't just take a rag and like run it through like you're running a credit card. Like that's not just, just past I do a little daylight. bit more than that. Mm-hmm. 
That's a little bit more than that for me too. But I'm just saying I don't go in. No, I don't go. Like, listen, you're not. I'm not losing a knuckle or anything like that. Yeah, I'm not doing no, that. No, but are you losing like the tip of your finger? Yeah. Or do you put like use a washcloth? Yes, I use a washcloth. Yeah. That first tip of your finger. That first to that. I mean, first but it's crease. in the washcloth, so I guess you know. I think of you when I'm when I'm in the shower now too, Barry. Which is if that's weird. not. I, did, I don't want to. That's a drop right I there. I did this morning as well. That's, I have. <laughs> that's a drop. I must I admit, I have washed my face a couple times since the last show. Good, mm-hmm. I'm proud of because you. Because when I'm in there, Barry gets in my head. Oh. Mm-hmm. About so this morning, I, I worked out quickly before work, and I jump in the shower, and I was thinking about how Barry was like, "You don't, you work out, and then you've got like that sweat, yeah, yeah. and you don't wash your face." You'll feel gross. better. I haven't been feeling great lately. Mm. So like, maybe he's right. Maybe I just need to wash my face. So I did that this morning. I thought about you the whole fucking time. <laughs> like those, no, I mean, even. those are going to be, I'm going to be using those quite a few times. Let me tell you. Uh, you want some more drops for me? The, the two of you thinking about each other while you're in the shower. I thought about Barry the whole time I was in the shower. It's good to know. All right. Um... Y'all hear that music? It is time for the news with Blanderson Hooper. It is. Brought to you by nothing. <laughs> no so sad. Like, every time we do that, I want to say brought to you by Clarkson Avenue Crumpkin Company. You could still say it. By the There's... way, can people show their support for Clarkson? I don't know. I, I got to find that Instagram post again. I'll look to see, and then I can, I can send it out. All right. You should send that out. All right. Let's start this off with... Uh... The crazy uh, Kyrie story. Here we go. Earlier today, 10.32 a.m. to be exact, he tweeted out the following. If I can work and be unvaccinated, then all of my brothers and sisters who are also unvaccinated should be able to do the same without being discriminated against, vilified, or fired with a finger cross emoji, which, okay, cool. Uh, This is where he lost most people, though. This enforced vaccine slash pandemic is one the biggest violations of all caps human rights in history. So you got like a ton of comments like, you know, you got the Holocaust, you got, you know, slavery in the Americas, you've got Cambodia and the killing fields, you've got the Armenian genocide, you've got you know Rwanda, Bosnia, the massacre of, of Native Americans, and then you've got having to get a vaccine in order to keep your job in the year 2022, it's it's right up there with the you know one of the biggest human rights violations of human history. Blandy can talk about this for like 20 minutes. Oh, I definitely could. I could go on and on, but I won't. <laughs> I won't. Uh, Anthony Edwards. We talked last week about his comments on social media. We talked about how the NBA was investigating. The NBA has handed down a forty thousand dollar fine for him using offensive and derogatory language on social media, uh, which again, as Barry mentioned last week, came about because he posted it himself, not because somebody overheard something or, or taped it. He, he posted it himself. Shot uh, it, said it. Yeah, and then posted it. Posted it. Posted it, was all, it. <laughs> it's all, all him. All, all him. Um, Linsanity. Today, a trailer dropped from HBO for a forthcoming doc that they have about Jeremy Lin and Lin Sanity. It's titled 38 at the Garden. The title comes to the 38 that he dropped against the Lakers back in 2012. It'll cover his time on the court with the Knicks, as well as the cultural impact 
um, from him reaching the heights of you know professional basketball and one of the few Asian Americans to play in the NBA. Uh, and then last but not least, the NBA is expected to undo the rule that's been in place for the past 17 years um, when they raised the the age limit from or they yeah raised it from 18 to 19 to be eligible for the draft. Looks like they're getting ready to lower it back down from 19 to 18. Uh, if they can come to an agreement between the NBA and the Players Association, they could reinstate that as soon as 2024. Right now, you have to be at least 19 years old uh, to enter the draft during the calendar year that the draft is held and at least one season removed from uh, high school graduation or when high school graduation wouldn't be uh, would have been if you hadn't, hadn't graduated. Michael Jordan, the jersey that he wore in um, Game 1 of the 98 Finals, uh, just was sold for a little under $10.1 million. Ooh, what? Wow. Yeah, went up for auction. And along with that, pair of tickets to his very first game, October 26, 1984, are going on the auction block soon, and they're expected to go somewhere between two hundred dollars and $300,000. $10 million for a jersey? How much would you pay for a Marcus Camby game-worn jersey? Like a max? I don't know, 90 bucks? Actually, what would you pay? What well, all right? What would you pay for a Michael Jordan jersey? A game worn one? Is it autographed at least? And you can't resell it after. Is it autographed? Um, no. No. Which the one that he's sure. talking it's about, or the one that fine. I'm talking about? Both. Let's see. Is the one that yours is yours? Because I would pay more if it's autographed. But may, maybe seven fifty, correct? Seven hundred fifty bucks. I'm a hardworking man. For, you know, wait, and it is autographed, or it's not? No, I want. No, no, no. I'd want it to be autographed. Otherwise, I don't want it. Well, that's the way the basketball bounces. All right, guys, that's going to do for today's show. Remember, you can reach out to us. It's a hardnickslife at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at hardnickslife. Barry at Barry Dworkin and Blandy at Blandy Hooper. Thank you to Nick's Film School for letting us on your show and for joining ours. And remember, you can call us. 516-33-MESH-1. You've been on for a while, so I'm dying to get off. You, Blandy? Yeah, yeah I'm dying to get off, too. Oh. I'm going to get off, and in the morning, I'm going to be thinking about Barry in the shower. Think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. Eight hours from now, Barry. Yep. It's going to be you and me in the shower. Oh, in God. <laughs> All right, guys, until next time, it is a hard Nick's <laughs> life. It's a hard Nick's life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.